Um, glad you're here with us this morning. A couple other things on announcements. Um, so the, the band um, this week, we're feeding them Friday, and, and going on with the varsity football team and the JV, if, if you would like to donate some extra money toward that, okay, um, then we have talked about possibly catering, or not catering, but going and getting like Alfonso's spaghetti and breadsticks and salad and stuff like that for each one of these. And so it's going to cost a little bit of money, but I know everybody works. And so making a bunch of stuff sometimes can be kind of difficult to get and bring it up here. So if you would like to donate toward that the next, the next three, two or three weeks, um, just mark it on there on your envelope or whatever, hey, this much for whatever, and we'll put that toward feeding these young people, okay? Um, does that make sense to everybody? Everybody good with that? Um, so we're, we're working on that. Um, if, and we'll get times together. I know this week, if you would like to help serve the band as we feed them Friday afternoon, then um, we're going to be at the school about 3 o'clock, and uh, we'll be feeding them in the home ec room. Um, they're, at, they're over there at Faultful High School. So we'll be doing that about 3 o'clock on Friday um, and, and feeding them. All right, and, and on the, uh, the paint party that the women are having, um, this money that's, got, that's raised toward this, and you'll see the prices, there's a, a piece of paper back there on that back bulletin board that, that shows the prices and, um, of everything. But So the money that they make off this are going to go to the nursing home for them to buy things for the residents of Faultful Nursing Home for um, Christmas time to make sure they have different things. I ask for that every year. The nursing home does, and we, we you know, we, we take donations up, and people bring puzzles and different things. So the women wanted to do this to help with that ministry over there. Um, and so the money to reserve is 18 spots. And so the money, if you sign up, then the money's due before you can reserve a spot. Does that make sense? Because they want to make sure we got the money in hand to where, because I think they're 50 or $60 dollars a piece for the sign-up spots, right? Or for whatever you want to paint. Um, so, so anyway, I know well, that's a lot of money. Well, it's going toward a good cause. You get something, and then the people at the nursing home get something, right? And y'all can come and have a good time together. So, all right. Um, and also, Keisha has made a, a sign-up sheet in the back, and there's four different designs, and I think we're going to do white and may do some tie-dye stuff, but we, um, for... Um, church shirt t-shirts again okay we're going to do this um and hope to get everything before like we have um the fall festival and stuff like that where people can wear them i know last year we had those the gray ones made but there's people here now that wasn't here last year and so if you want a t-shirt they're 15 dollars a piece sign up on the back and we'll do that for the next few weeks and then uh, get those ordered and get them made all right if i missed anything miss carol okay all right I think I got it all. All right, well, let's receive our offering just now. Amen? Amen. Cheer up, Cody. Wake up this morning. You good? All right. So you with us. <laughs> I see that. Mesmerized by, by all this, right? I understand. I have to look away from the mirror sometimes. <laughs> I'm joking. As we pray this morning, let's get back serious. As we pray this morning, there's a few prayer requests. I know Brent Barber text me the other day that um, his daughter, Crystal, um, they found out has stage 4 melanoma cancer, and so we want to remember Crystal in prayer this morning.
Um, Josh Moore is dealing with a bad migraine this morning. That's the reason they're not here. Denny Jacobs texted me this morning. is dealing with a lot of pain um, that's going on. Um, and so Jimbo is dealing with back issues this morning. A lot of back pain. So he needs prayer. And I think that was it as far as the ones that I know of. If there's anything else, then you pray for it. Okay, you pray. I'm not the only one that can pray in here, right? We know that. So you pray. So let's, let's join together this morning in prayer. Pray for these needs. Pray for you this morning that we can enter in and listen to what God has for us today, right? Be focused. Be, be attentive to what God has for us today. Uh, Heavenly Father, we love and we praise you. Again, we thank you for this day and this time together, your love and your blessings on our life, for the, for the time we've already had getting to sing praises to your holy name because you're worthy to be praised. Just as we sung this morning, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. You're worthy to be praised. God, we just um, thank you for the word that's already come forth this morning, God, that we just sink that into our hearts and lives and we, we remember who we are in you. And, and Father, we, we worship you and praise you for that, God. We just bring these needs to you right now. We pray for Crystal, Brent's daughter. God, as he's dealing with this cancer, that, Father, we know that, that, that nobody wants to hear that word and, and deal with those things. But, Father, we know that you are the great physician, you are the healer, and you can bring her through this, Father. And we thank you for it. That you're touching and you're moving in our lives. And we pray for Josh this morning at home that you touch him and the headache and things that's going on in his life, God, that you touch and bring health and healing to him. Same with Jimbo. Father, you just touch and heal his back and these issues that he's dealing with those things, Father. You, you just bring healing and health there right now in the name of Jesus. And Jenny Jacobs, God, you touch her, heal her right now. God, be with her as she's there at home dealing with that pain. God, it just subsides right now. Father, we love you and we praise you that you're working and you're moving in people's lives because you're a real God. And, and, Father, we thank you for that. Father, we just thank you that this time of tithes and offerings that you touch and you bless and you move in hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turned it off. Come on. Can y'all hear me? Come on. Good deal. All right. Uh, one other thing. On the barbecue sale. So that is September 30th. Today is September 3rd, right? So we're in the month of September. We're going to have this. So if you get tickets, and please do. They're on the back table back there. Um, sell them. Even if, we, if you're just for your family. So we can get an account of how many people we're going to have, right? So we'll know how many how many Boston butts and how much stuff we need to have to make for these sandwiches. And so uh, do that, and we'll, you know, bring them back in as quick as you can, at least at least by the 24th. You know, that gives you three weeks from today to, um, to sell those and, and, you know, watch God move in people's hearts and lives, and then we can add that to what God wants to do here. Amen? Amen. All right. I think that was all the other thing that I had. So children, go to Children's Church this morning. We're going to be reading in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning. Chapter 9. Last week, we, we 
um, talked about not slowing down and not quitting, right? And we're not. We're not at all. We're not, we're not going to stop. You know, because Philippians 1.6 says, as we read last week, being confident in this very thing, that He, which is God, that the work that He has begun, that has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So the work He's done in you, the work He started in you, you accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Him being Lord of your life, He has begun a good work in you. He will not stop that. And so we read out of the Passion Translation where it says, he, he keeps maturing you. He keeps maturing you. So don't stop. Don't slow down because when we do that, we're, we're not being matured. We can't be matured if we stop and, and not do what God's called us to do. So, so we want to keep on. We want to keep going. And, and just what came to me this week as I was studying and reading and praying, you know, for what the, you know, as we, if we go into year 37. Year 37, we go into that, you know, we, we need to stay focused, don't we? We need to stay focused. And we focus a lot of times on the wrong things in our lives. We focus a lot of times on what's in front of us right now is what we focus on, don't we? You know, I know, and I'm probably not the only one in here, do you have issues with staying focused when you need to stay focused? Am I the only one? No, right. You know, there was no terms of ADHD when I was growing up. It was, if you didn't pay attention to do what you told, then you got whooped when you got home by a belt or a switch or a paddling at school and then sit back and told to pay attention. And then if you didn't pay attention, then you got more of what you just got. So there wasn't no medicine that I downed besides a dose of a butt whooping. And you would have thought, as many as I'd gotten, that it would take longer in between times that I would get in trouble. But it never, it didn't take as well as it should have. And that's no, that's not knocking my mom and dad's um, disciplinary actions that they took against me or to me. It was all on me because I did not make myself stay focused. So we're going to talk about today staying focused because we've all heard the term where you see something and then, you know, somebody's talking or doing something and it's, it's over here. Or they're over here, and we, and, and we say squirrel, right? Everybody heard that? It's like squirrel. And it's like, because, you know, squirrels are just here and there all the time. And that's what we do a lot of times in our own life is we squirrel on things. We're, we're running a good pace. We're doing what God's told us to do, and then something happens, and then we're off over here. Or we're off over there. Or a bad, bad, bad things happen in our life, and we lose sight and we lose focus of where God actually is in our life because we put all this other stuff in front of Him. And so, you know, here at church, it's even hard to stay focused. It's hard to stay focused during praise and worship a lot of times. Why? Because we're thinking about everything that's going on. It's hard to stay focused during the time of Word because we're thinking about other things in our life. But instead of listening to the Word and being attentive to what's going on, we're thinking about, well, I've got this problem at home. I need to do this when I get back. I need to go here. I've got this next week at work. And we're already processing and trying to think of things ahead of time. And we all know, we've all heard, multitasking never works. It never works. As much as we try, I have inherited from somebody else that may be sitting by the back door a... A habit sometimes can be of 
trying to multitask and never finishing the first task. You ever do that? Yeah, Gabby just looked at me. She's like, yeah, you're right. That was inherited, and I try to focus on one thing, and then it, it doesn't change. When I go to work, it's the same thing. I'm doing something like, oh, man, I need to do this. Well, no, I need to do this. Well, I need to do this. And instead of focusing on the main thing that we're there for, we focus on everything else. And then what we wanted to get started at the first that day never gets done at the end of the day because we focused on every other thing besides what we needed to focus on. Does it sound familiar in our spiritual life? We focus on every other thing besides what we're called to do. And so Paul in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I got to squeak right here. Quit stepping on the squeak. All right. And, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we'll start in verse 22. Let me get over here. Paul is, is talking, and during this time that this is going on, and he's talking, telling, he's writing this, there was these kind of like Olympic games going on in this time, in this area. So he uses terms of athletes and running and, and you know, doing things in the people's life and, and where they were actually focused on being an athlete, winning a race and doing those things. So as we go into this, this is his context, but he's putting it in spiritual terms for us, and that's what I want to do this morning. So <clears throat> in verse 22 it says, For to the weak I became weak that I might win the weak and have become all things to all men that I might by all means, save some. We would love to save all, but even Paul knew that not everybody was going to come to that knowledge of Jesus as Lord of their life, right? So he said, I'm going to become these things and do these things. So not, And that doesn't mean that, and Paul was talking about being all things to all men, that doesn't mean you can be a drunk with your other friends so you can be a drunk, so you can try to win them because that doesn't work. All right, it's not going to work that way. That means that you... You can be compassionate toward people. You can love people and, and show them through this that they can get out of it. That, that you know, if, if somebody's going through a problem in their life, if they're weak in this area, that you can help strengthen them, that you can show the love of God. Not that you become just like them. No, our goal is that they become like Christ. Not us sink back down to their level. He says, now I do this for the gospel's sake that I might be partakers of it with you. Do you not know that those who run, run in a race, all run, but only one receives a prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. So to be able to run in such a way that be able to obtain it, we have to understand the sacrifices that was made for the ones that won, right? So we know in a race, in a race, in a regular race, if anybody's ever run, there's only one person that can win. Just like in a football game Friday night, there's only one team that could win, right? Logan run a race all the way on a, Kickoff, right? Or a punt all the way for a touchdown. But guess what? One of his other teammates messed up and got called back. So he run good. He beat everybody there, but for nothing. you get it next time. He will. It looked good. If you saw it on video, it looks good. But so only one person can win a race, but that's not the same in our spiritual life. We're not racing against each other. We're not working against each other. We're working with each other. That's, that's the main goal of the body of Christ, right, is to work with each other and be in unity and in one. And so if we're working with each other, our prize, we want to obtain it, is not to beat somebody. 
It's not to be better than somebody else. It's not to be the biggest church in town. It's not to just a name on a building or you know associated with a name. No, it's the name of Jesus. That's where we want to get to because we're building the kingdom of God. And so, but even in this concept that we run in a race, you obtain it. We can obtain it. You know, the, starting with my children, probably when they was coming up in Park and Rec. This, this generation of everybody gets a prize without doing anything to obtain it crept in. We would pay the ten extra dollars to make sure that everybody got a trophy. Everybody got something because they participated. And that's carried on and it's even worse now in, in the generations coming up that Everybody still is, is just nobody wins, nobody loses, nobody does anything. It, you're, you're all winners. You're all winners. That's crept into the church. That kind of attitude's in the church today. It's in a lot of Christian lives today. Well, I'm saved, I'm good, I'm just going to sit down. I still get the same prize as somebody else that actually goes out there and works. So I'm just going to sit here. I'm not, I don't have to do anything else. And you don't, okay? But if you're truly saved, if Jesus is really Lord of your life, you're going to have a passion and desire to want to do things. To not just to sit there and wallow in whatever else is going on in your life, but actually do something about it. And so we, we get that mindset and we, we talk about it. Oh, that shouldn't, you know, the, it's just ruining sports. It's ruining all these things that people are doing because they get, it doesn't matter if they work hard, play hard, practice hard, whatever else, they still get the same prize as the other ones. That's still true. If you Jesus is Lord of your life, you've accepted Him. Whether you lead anybody else to Him or not, or, or whether you witness anybody else, you know, I guess you still get heaven just like me, right? But is that enough? And why is that enough in your life not to do anything about it? That's the question we've got to ask. Why is that good enough? Why is it good enough to, for the Lord that we sang about, that's holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, right? Who was and is and is to come. Why is it good enough for Him to save us but us not do anything for Him? It's the same on a team. Why is it good enough for, for that person just to sit there on the bench and that's all they want to do while everybody else does the work? It shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't have that attitude because, you know, it's, it's, it's bad enough that it's in the world, but it's really bad that it's in the church. And I've said plenty of times here, and I'm not preaching and, and browbeating that y'all don't do anything. I'm not, okay, because y'all work and y'all serve here tremendously, and I do appreciate it. But what, what else are we doing? What else are we doing? We look, and we've got, we just read off every weekend and something every week to September, right, in October. We've got plenty of things going on. But is that enough? No, it's never enough. It's never enough. God doesn't require that of us because it was a free gift of salvation. But since it's a free gift, we should want others to have the free gift. Since it's a free gift, we should want to work and strive and be who God's called us to be every day, no matter where we're at and what's going on or what situation we're going through, to where others can see, hey, they're not, they're not just sitting there. They got problems all in their life. We have got people in here that have issues all in their life. 
there's, there's not a one of us that could not raise our hand and say, there's something going on in my life that I don't need help with. Not a one of us. But what are we, what are we really doing about it? Are we just talking bad about it all the time? Are we actually doing and running to where we can receive the prize? And what's that prize? Not an earthly prize. It's a heavenly prize. It's that blessings that, that Brad talked about. That's what we want to go to, and that's what we want to see, but we're not going to see that unless we're working toward those things. You're not going to see the blessings of God as you need to just sitting there not doing anything in your life. If you're sitting there Monday through Saturday and come to church on Sunday and sit here, you're doing some but not enough. And that's not just here. That's the whole body of Christ. The whole body of Christ. Verse 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable prize, but we do it for an imperishable crown, right? They, they, their crown that they received and the trophies and things for winning that race and doing those things, they earn those things. And, and it's whatever you win here on earth, we know you can't take it to heaven with you. You know, Tom Brady's six, seven Super Bowl rings, he, they'll just fade away here, won't they? Don't mean nothing. Nick Saban the same way. He can hold up a crystal ball every year or whoever, but he's not taking it with him. It has no, it has no heavenly value whatsoever. You know, people, at this time of year, it's, it's easy on, to focus and pull our focus away on what we love. And, and we all know in the South and in most of America, we love football, right? We love American football. And I struggle at times every year if I don't watch it that I'll stop focusing on what I need to and I'll be listening to all the sports shows. I'll be listening to everything, you know, about the games coming up. Then Saturday, that's all I focus on. And then if I come in here, if I, if I don't watch myself, then I can come in here Sunday ill-prepared to bring the Word out as I need to. And I'm not up here preaching because anything wrong with football. There's nothing at all. There's people that pray for their team to win. Again, God doesn't care if you win or lose in a football game. He cares if you win or lose in life and accept Him as His Lord and Savior, right? That's what He cares about. He wants to, You can pray for football games. You can pray that you'll be safe and that you'll play your best and your hardest, right? And that you can show God's love through that and have good sportsmanship. But for me to get on my knees and pray for Alabama, or even thoughtful, okay, to win, God's like, there's really more important things in life than a football game. I Tanner, he's two A's now. He's playing Angry Birds on, on his little tablet. We all all played Angry Birds, right? Where you just flip the little bird back and it goes and shoots and hits something. So he's like, I hear him in the back seat. I'm like, what is wrong? This game's making me so mad. I was like, well, guess what, buddy? Turn it off and quit playing it. Because it's just a game. It's just a game. Gabby told me yesterday, she's like, this is coming from you as competitive as you are. I was like, well, I know, but still, he's got to learn. That right there is just a game. There's no sense in getting mad at it. There's no point at it. There's no point in it. So it's just a game. But we get, we get so consumed by these things on earth that that's where our focus is, and that's all our focus is on. And so what our focus should be on, that Jesus is Lord of our life, on this imperishable prize this eternal prize that we're working toward, that we want to get other people there, that should be our main goal. And these other things can fall into places we're going to talk about in a little bit. Verse 26, Therefore, He says, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. When I read this this past week, 
And, you know, my mind goes in different places. But I thought of Forrest Gump. Everybody's seen the movie Forrest Gump. He just started running. He said, one day I just decided to start running. I was running and running. And so I just ran. Why? He had no clue why he was running. He was just running. And so I can't remember the days. I can't remember if you ever watched Forrest Gump. If not, I'm sure it's on a TV channel right now because it seems like it's shown a lot. But he just ran and ran from one end of the states to the others and back and forth and, and, and just ran. And then just one day he just stopped. He said, I'm tired. I think I'll go home. So he went home. So he just started running for no reason at all. And, and that happens so much in our own life. We start running to this one thing. Then we start running over here. And then that don't fulfill us in what we need. Then we run over here to this fulfillment. And that don't fulfill us. So we run here and we run here. And then one day we start, we get tired of, of trying to fulfill ourselves with all the wrong things. And we just stop and sit down and don't do anything. We don't look to God. We don't look to anything else. We just stop. Why? Because nothing we found fulfilled us. But we won't go to what really fulfills us. We won't go to the Word of God where we can really get our fulfillment in life from. Because as Brad was saying, we, we see everything in our, in our physical minds and that's what we think physically, not spiritually, right? We think here and now and that's what we focus on. And we're all guilty of it. We all do it. Why? Because problems are right here. They're right here a lot of times. And we can't see anything else around it except what's right there. And so Paul's saying here, look, we don't run with uncertainty. If you're running with uncertainty today and don't know where you're going, stop for a minute. Get on your knees in prayer and ask God to guide you. Ask His Holy Spirit to lead you where you need to go and stop running against it. We try so many times to get to where we think God wants us to be. We try to get out ahead of God. Because we think if we get out ahead of God, then we're good. God can come meet me. No, you'll never run ahead of God. You can't. If you're trying to run ahead of God, you're running away from God. So if you're running in that, in that aspect and, and trying to do things on your own, you're never going to get there where you need to be. You're never going to get, you're just running with uncertainty. Running with uncertainty. We look like, we look like we're boxing, just boxing in the air. We're just hitting, we're just hitting air. We're just not, we're just swinging aimlessly at things and trying to hope that this sticks and this sticks and this will work and that will work. But it's not going to work if we do it with our own strength and our own might. The only way it's going to work in our life and the only way we're going to get to where God wants us to be, get you out of the equation. We, saw this, we say this a lot. You've got to die to yourself. So get where you want to be, where you think you should be, and ask God where He needs you to be. Ask God where He wants you to be. What, what you need to be doing in your life so you can run with certainty and not, not as one that beats the air. And, and so we're not just running around doing everything that we want to do. And so thankfully, you're at a place for 37 years now, right? 36, going in 37 years. Victory Fellowship, the, what, what God has established here, has never been one to run over here. We're going to try this for a little while. No, we're not, no, no let's, let's run over here. We're going to do it this way. No, we're going to run over here. and do, No, this has been a church that was established and founded on the principles of the Word of God, right? That's why you're here today. And, and so there was no doubt why God put us here. There was no doubt. There's never been any doubt. And He knew exactly who was going to be here and be, be you know, ministered to by this assembly. He knew exactly who, who's here now. And he, knew, he knows who's going to be here in the future. 
But if I just put it, if I just say, all right, God, you know he's going to be here to bring them in. And I do no work and you do no work. Guess what? They may not ever be reached. Because we're the hands and feet that go and reach those people, right? We're the ones that actually speak to them. How do we know that somebody can never meet Jesus if we don't preach that message? If we don't go out and say what God wants us to say with boldness and with no uncertainty at all, that, that not just, hey, God's put Victor Fellowship for a reason. He's put you here for a reason. You're here for a reason. Not, only, not just at this church, but on the earth. So there's no doubt. So, so we, we, we've said for years, it, it was on our bulletin, and, and we've had it on other things. We're a real church for real people seeking a real God, right? That's our purpose. That's our plan here, to be a, a real place where people can come hear the Word of God unapologetically. That doesn't just hear something that makes them feel good or tickles their ears or, or gets them on a spiritual high or emotional high just for a little bit, and then they crash back down with no foundation. So that's, that's our main goal here. We want to be that for people. We not, we've not ever shied away from, from that. And we'll continue to, to consistently be a church that teaches and preaches the Word of God unapologetically. Continue to be that. No matter if it makes anybody mad, if it hurts your feelings, then, then I'm sorry. This is what the Word of God says. And so if you get mad at the Word of God, then you have problems in your own life. And whoever's listening, they got problems in their own life that they don't want to deal with or get rid of because they want to keep running the way they want to run. So Paul goes on. Verse 27. He said, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. I discipline my body. That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do because we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it and how we want to do it. So, I mean, it can go like in my own life. I, when I read this, it, there's a lot of areas. It, it could be looking at social media too much. You know, one area, you know, that I've dealt with over the past few years is, you know, just eating what I want to when I want to and how I want to. Well, guess what happens when you do that? You gain weight. So, so you know what? To, to bring my body and discipline, I know what areas that I need to work on. You know what areas you need to work on in your life to discipline your body and your mind to where you can be who God wants you to be. To where you can live the life that God wants you to live. To where you can, you can bring it into subjection. He said, lest when I preach to others, I, I should become more disqualified. One commentary I read on this was that Paul, now I'm, it's just one of them, but him beating is not in there, he would... You know, it, it's, it's kind of leaning toward he would beat himself. You can't do this. Like get mad at himself. You ever punched yourself? I have. It don't feel good. You do something, you're like, what you, you just, just hit yourself in the head or something. It don't help none. But you get mad at yourself. And that's what it's talking about. You know, I bring it into subjection. He says, I don't want to be disqualified. I don't either. Anything that I preach up here or say up here, I want to live that life out there. You should have that same want to and goal in your own life. Anything that you do here and what you say you are here, you should want to live that out there and want to be that same person. And the only way you're going to do it is if we discipline our bodies, discipline ourselves to do what God's called us to do, just like an athlete. So the athletes that, that play whatever sport, that are really good at it, they just didn't wake up one day and was good at it, did they? They worked at it. They worked at it. They, they sacrificed 
other things that they could be doing with their friends and different things like that to go shoot ball, to go run, to go hit, to go throw, whatever it is, so they could be good at what they had passion for. Christian life's no different. It's no different. If you want to be somebody that knows the Word of God, somebody that can pray and, and, and do what, they, what God's called them to do, somebody that's bold in, in, in faith and no matter what's going on, somebody that even in, in times of trial and trouble can still look to God and say, I thank you for who you are, what you're doing in my life, and, and just pray to Him no matter what, then you're going to have to sacrifice your own self. You've got to sacrifice those times of, of when you want to do what you want to do and get in the Word of God just as these athletes do to win whatever they're doing, to be the best at whatever they're doing. Just as that, you're going to have to do that. We're going to have to make sacrifice to get better and stay focused on those things. Stay focused on them. So we have to discipline ourselves and, and, and caution, put caution about what we let in, who we let in, what we're listening to, what we're watching what we're doing, caution and, and, and discipline ourselves to, to turn away from those things and turn those things off that we know are not good for us. And so when we get to that point where we can discipline ourselves, and it may just be one area you're working on right now. Well, guess what? When you discipline yourself in that area, then you can move to another area. And while you're doing that, you're not doing it yourself. You're leaning on God. You're trusting Him that, that He can show you how to discipline yourself, how to, how to make these things in earth, these, these earthly things, fade from our sight and, and concentrate on Him. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul again, is, is another, another book of, that Paul has written, another letter. And he's talking to him about putting them on that new self. That new person. You claim to be a new person. Put it on. And, and he says in verse 1 of Colossians 3, if you, were, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your minds, your affections, everything about you, not on, thing, <coughs> on things above, not on things of the earth, that earthly prize, that earthly crown that we, you know, people all want. We all want things and we all want those in our life where we can be seen and noted for, for doing those things when, again, we need to set our, thing, our, 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 our minds and our thoughts on, on things above, not on things of the earth. So for you died and, and your life is hidden with Christ in God, when Christ who is ours uh, and uh, who is our life appears, and you will also appear with Him in glory. Therefore, put to death, put to death, put away. Don't, don't bring them up anymore. If our old man is dead, let him stay dead and don't resurrect those things, your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Those things just encompass a whole area of different things people have to discipline their lives against, right? We could, we could look at one at each one of them. And you could look in your own life and say, yeah, I need, I need to do better in this area. I need to do better in this area. I need to do better here. And the only way we're going to do it is if we focus on the Word of God and discipline our lives and our bodies to, to get away from those things. He says, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming from the son of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. So he's telling them here, look, don't do those things anymore that you say you're not. Because you're, you don't live that way anymore. You don't live in those things. You don't walk in those ways. So stop acting like that. Stop doing those things. 
Stop putting yourselves in situations that can, that can put you over into that area where you used to be that you ask God to bring you out of. Stop, stop staying in that area. Stop doing those things. And he said, get out of them. Put them to death. So he said, but now you yourselves are too. Not maybe, not, not try, not why. Well, I've tried to do these things and I just can't do it. That's your problem. You've tried. You've tried. It's like when, when you try to quit and everybody, most people, if you ever dealt with, you know, addiction to tobacco. I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to quit smoking. As long as I ever tried to quit smoking or dipping, I never did. Because I was always trying. You're always trying. Who can use that as an excuse? Well, I'm just trying. Well, quit trying and do. Do it. Don't just try to do it. Do it. And it's the same thing as just put off all these things. Anger. Mm. Wrath. Malice. No, I know I don't have a problem with anger in my life at all. I never have to pray for that. Look at me that way. I saw her. Never have to. No, it's one of the areas I have to work on. Anger in my life and different things, different things going on. I want to get angry. Then I have to, I have to watch myself and back up and pray that God help me get out of this area of anger. Help me get out of this area of selfishness in my life to where I want to be angry about these things and not put it in His hands and stay angry about them. He says, malice, wrath, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. <gasps> Nobody has any problem with that, I know. We were saved and sanctified and redeemed, and we can say we've never said anything filthy out of our mouth again. I, I didn't say that I did, okay? I was, I've, I've heard y'all say it, that y'all have never done anything. Wrong. Wrong. But it's one of those things we have to work on. And filthy language is not just the four-letter cuss words we think about. It's not good to say. In the context, a lot of us say them. When we're cussing somebody, we're putting somebody down, we're speaking ill towards somebody else, we're talking bad about somebody, that's all filthy language. We never saw Jesus do that, did we? Nowhere we read in the Bible where Jesus talks bad and curses, besides the fig tree, where he cursed that fig tree and it died. I'm talking about another human, right? He didn't do that. He he didn't say those things. So that's part of that filthy language out of your mouth. That's part of those things that we need to get rid of that are supposed to be dead to us, but we let, we, when anger comes, when, when anger comes, when we hit our finger with a hammer, what do we do? Can you repeat the words right now in church that you normally say when you hit your finger with a hammer? Or you hurt yourself? Or you get mad about something in the situation? Could you repeat that right now? Most of us couldn't. Sadly enough. Why? Because... Those things in our life, those anger builds up and it brings words out. And, and sure, I was just saying it for a point of emphasis. No, you were saying it because you wanted to say it. It made emphasis when you said it. It didn't help the situation none. You didn't make that other person better because you cussed them out or because you spoke bad to them or told them how bad they was. No, it just flamed up that situation even more, didn't it? And we're all guilty of it, but guess what? It's that grace that we sung about this morning. God's mercy and grace. We can have that through that, but not stay in that area, but get over it and go on and stop staying right there to where those things affect us all the time. Verse 9, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Listen, you have put on a new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. You were made in the image of God. 
You were created by God for God's purpose, for God's plan. And so with that, you're a new person. You're a new creation. He says in another place, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So if all things have become new, stop letting the old things take over what God's put new in your life. Stop stop putting them right there and, and stay focused on the task that He's taught us to do. And so when we get to that point, and it's not, it's not an overnight thing. We're not, we're not going to get there tomorrow or the next day. But if you don't start working on it today to get better tomorrow, to get better the next day, to not worry about the things the next day, then when tomorrow comes, you're going to be worried about them just as much as today, if not more. When tomorrow comes, you're not going to be any better than, than, than you was today. You're still going to have those things in front of you, and you're not going to be any focus, more focused on the Word of God that He can bring you out of those things. So when we stay focused on what God's called us to do, and we see the important things in our life that He's put, that he's put there, so first and foremost, as, as when they asked Jesus what the, what the greatest commandment was, and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, right? And second is likened unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. We get to that. When we get to that, and that's a, it seems like sometimes that is a long way off from where we are right now. But when we can get to that, then these other things in our life seem less and less. Why? Because part of that loving as God loves is that new man. We can't love like God loves and not be in God and created by God and for God and from God. We can, we, he's, he's not a new, we're not a new person if we can't love others as Jesus loves them. If we can't have compassion for others as Jesus does. And if you don't this morning, that's not the end of it. You can work on those things. You can ask God for strength. And, and, and so... When we're there and we can love God as we're supposed to and love others, then our priorities can start lining up as they need to be. Because when our priorities are not in line, when God's not first in our lives, when God's not first in our family, when God's not first in our marriage, when God's not first and we've got all these other things above Him, then we're not loving God as with, with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength, right? We're not loving Him like that. So we can keep our priorities in order, God, spouse, children, the church and job and et cetera and on down the line. We can keep God first. And the other things fall in line where they need to be, then things will start looking better. And things will start getting better. Then, then as we do that and we love others, then we can start witnessing to others as we need to. We can start showing God's love to others as we need to out from here, even in here. You say, well, I thought everybody loved each other here. Well, they do. But... We can still show love more. We can still go out from here and show God's love. And, and as we're doing that, then we can work on being the men and women of God that He's called us to be. We can work on those things. It's a daily walk. A daily thing that God's called us into. Not, not that He's called us into it, but that you've accepted that calling in your life. When you made Jesus Lord of your life, you accepted the terms and conditions that, that this is how that they're going to know that I'm a child of God. That's, that's all part of that free gift. All part of it. But we've got to stay focused. Focus first on Him. Focus first on the Word of God. Focus first in our life on what He's called us to do. And that is witness to others. That's love Him. Love others as He does. Be compassionate toward others. And then we go on and then we can deal with these other things in our life. But we've got to put first things first. Deny ourselves. Pick up our cross and follow Him. That's first, first, denying ourselves, asking Jesus to be Lord of our life. 
And then as we go, we can, these other things will come in and we can focus on the Word of God more and He'll show us where we need to be disciplined and how we need to change and how we need to work through problems, not with our own, our own words, but His words flowing through, right? Amen? Amen. Y'all here this morning? All right. So let's stay focused. Let's stay focused. I, I, I'm going to make this... I make this commitment every week. God, help me stay focused on what you've called me to do. So as we go into this new year, I want to be focused more than ever. Why? Because not so I can have a name, but because so the name of Jesus can be lifted high. Not, a, not just in my own life, but they can see it in my family. They can see it everywhere I go. They can see it at my job. Wherever it is, they can see Jesus on me and through me. And it might just be a smile on your face. Like a lot of us, it just needs to smile some. And just smile. Even though you're in pain, you can still smile. So let's focus on Jesus. Let's focus on the things that He's called us to do and discipline ourselves to get in the Word of God more. Be who He's called us to be. Amen? Amen. Amen. Y'all stand this morning.